Hey folks, Brian here. I'm sorry this is so late. We have recorded two shows now. One, the night that DC Universe Rebirth Number 1 dropped, and we had so many technical difficulties with that show, we thought it couldn't get any worse. Then we recorded the next week with talking about uh, Batman, Green Arrow, Superman, and Green Lantern's Rebirth, and it was even worse. It was maybe our most technically challenged show of all time. So... By the time we got everything sort of sorted out, sorted out, it's it would be a monster show that would just be a mess. So I have pretty much gotten the uh, DC Universe Rebirth show done. That will be up right after this little message, and then just a couple days from now, I will drop the next one, and we'll get back on schedule. I hope for next week. Please sacrifice whatever you have to to whatever you need to to pray for good internet for us because we love doing this stuff and the internet cutting out over Skype is a travesty. So enjoy the show. Surely be many discussions of Rebirth on the DC3 cast. I am Brian. I am joined, as always, by Zach and Vince, my pals. And we have a retro pal joining us today, my former co-host on The Hour Cosmic, big shot writer of comics like X-Men 92, like Downset Fight, like Subatomic Party Girls. Uh, It's Chad Bowers. How are you, Chad? Good. Good. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. We are here to talk about DC Universe Rebirth number one from DC Comics. Came out today. We have all read it. We all have lots of thoughts on it. But let's first rewind just a little bit. Before this issue came out, uh, Chad, me and Vince and Zach have been talking about this for literally for months now. And I would say our enthusiasm ranking was what? Vince, you were probably the most in, right? Well, as as we got close to the day, I got really excited for some ungodly reason. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like we were on the same wavelength. And then as we got closer, I got super excited, and you guys were a little more muted. Yeah, I, I think it went Vince 1, Brian 2, Zach 3. Does that sound about right? I think so. And then I think, based on the the text conversations we've had... I think Zach and I have switched spots. Does that sound about right? Vince 1, Zach 2, Brian 3? Are we talking about just this issue or Rebirth just this in issue. general? Just this issue. I don't know. I might be like number one on this one. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll fight Vince for it. If <laughs> well, I, well I'm, I'm pretty conflicted, so I think Zach will probably take it. Okay. So, And then, then we have Chad. Who, we're not going to rank Chad because uh, he's a guest and he deserves better than that. But... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's kind of just dig Thanks. in here. So, um, first, of all, let, let let's just say this: we're going to talk about spoilers here. So, if you haven't read the issue, goddamn it, pause the podcast, go read it, and come back. Um, now, it's interesting. I was I was speaking with uh, Multiversity editor emeritus Walt Richardson today, and Walt had the ending of the book spoiled for him. 
but he said as soon as he opened the first page and saw the nine-panel grid with the watch, he knew it was up. That's just confirmation bias, right? There's no way it was that big of a clue. Was it? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say, but... It's a it's big tell. It's a big tell, but then at the same time, like I feel like... Like, if you didn't know what the outcome was, like, that is such a leap to make to think that they would do. Like, like I don't I don't know whether I think this is a good thing or a bad thing or what, but I do know that it is a ballsy thing. Hmm. <laughs> the yeah. only thing that would have been the only thing that would have been a, like a bigger tell, I think, is if this was like, like snapper car staring at a painting of the cover. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if, the, if there was like a mural somewhere and it was snapper car staring at it like that would be the only thing that i could think of yeah no that nine panel grid i think is a pretty pretty dead giveaway. all right see now i i avoided spoilers completely um one thing was inadvertently spoiled for us by a source i'm not going to name because i'm going to get in trouble but we we in the dc3 were spoiled on the wally west thing we knew that was coming before we had confirmation it was coming before the issue came out and so that's all i knew i, I had avoided Everything I avoided the internet for the whole weekend, essentially, and so um, I wasn't thinking about like of all the things you could have said to me about. Well, this issue is going to end with blank. I feel like Doctor Manhattan being the villain of Flashpoint is like not where my mind would have gone ever. So I wasn't even thinking that was a possibility. So I didn't pick up on it because again, I didn't I... see us. A... Go ahead. Oh, I didn't see a single person guess it in the months. I mean, I've trolled social media for DC Rebirth for, like, months. I didn't see a single person guess that. How could anybody guess that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I heard about it, I think, on Saturday. I, I guess when the spoilers started coming out. I guess it was, like, Friday night or Saturday. It was Friday night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I had a long, a bunch of, like, different texts and phone conversations, like, within the, the, the 12 to 24-hour period after that. And... Everybody that I talked to was like, that's got to be wrong, right? Like, that's got to be wrong. <laughs> like, like they're, they're misreading that. That's got to be like, you know, uh, a, another character. That's got to be. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel like this is this is the natural extension of kind of everything that they've, they've been moving towards for years. So, yeah, it 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 sort of makes sense in a weird, morbid sort of way. <laughs> so let's let's just kind of get into our general thoughts. Um I just wrote 3,000 words about this. I'm sick of talking about it. I want to hear what you guys have to say. So, uh, Chad, you're our guest. Why don't you go first? Give us your general impression of the issue. Um, you know, I, I generally like the issue. I thought it was was fine. Uh, it, it's a very Jeff Johns comic, mm -hmm. um, you know, down to the art team. I mean, it's like a greatest hits of, like, everybody that Johns has worked with. you got Ethan Von Syver, you got Gary Frank, you've got – I mean, it's like all his big event artists with the exception of, I guess, maybe – like Andy Kubert's the only one that I kind of, or Adam Kubert's the only one. No, Andy Kubert's Andy, the only yeah. one that kind of, yeah, that 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 kind of wasn't present. Uh, he was kind of a, a big omission from the piece, but I guess he's busy working on other stuff. So, um, yeah, he's, overall, he's, he's I probably liked it. finishing up Dark Knight Three, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's he's busy on on other people's stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. I mean, it, you know, it it didn't it didn't set the world on fire as far as like, you know. Uh, 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 like being narratively challenging at all, mm -hmm. uh, it was really straightforward. But overall, you know, it's 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 pretty much exactly what I expected. But I, I don't know if I would would say I was disappointed. I, I'm going to kind of challenge you on that narratively straightforward thing. There's okay. no narrative here. 
Like outside of the Wally framing stuff, it's just a series of unconnected vignettes. Well, I mean, I think Wally carry. I think Wally carries it all the way through. I mean, like you can argue if if it's effective or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think from the beginning to the end, it is Wally's story. Uh, there's there's one part that loses it, uh, and that's the that. And I'm but I'm jumping ahead here a little mm-hmm. bit. But it's the it's the legion the legion scene, that that's the weird sort of like disjointed scene because I don't think there is really any a lot of narrative in that scene from Wally's point of view. It well, just kind of happens. There's not in that scene or in the one with Ryan Choi, yeah, or in true. the one with uh, Jaime Reyes. Like there's that whole series of scenes there that have nothing to do with each other that are so just basically you just have a problem with like chapter. Too, I but think but it it's is. my favorite yeah. chapter in the book because <laughs> the Gary Frank chapter. Well, yeah. first, first of all, I love Gary Frank, but also I feel like it sets up all the stuff that's interesting about Rebirth. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it lays a lot of seeds, but I just don't think it's all that artfully put together. It also well, has one of my favorite moments in the whole thing too, which is what uh, the the last page where Pandora gets uh, zapped. <laughs> Because I think that encompasses the theme of the issue, which is just a big middle finger to the New 52 in general. Well, and it's also your first big clue because of the way she goes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's clearly – it's lifted directly from that movie. I yeah. mean it's – yeah. So, But again, like if you didn't know that going in, would you have noticed that? Uh, it's – I don't know. It's, 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 it's a weird way to – like that combined with that panel – Mm-hmm. Uh, combined with really talking about the bug, uh, uh, you know, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know if I would ever not. That's a, that's a that's hard. That's a hard call. Yeah, what's so weird to me is I just feel like Watchmen is so far removed from when I think about DC Comics. I know DC published it, obviously, but like it just doesn't it doesn't factor into my thought process about DC products. Mm-hmm. So to have, to bring it in seems almost as random as bringing, like, Why the Last Man in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, yes, same parent company, but are they really the same thing? Mm-hmm. No, so... But anyway, um, Vince, what did you think of the issue? Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm a little conflicted because I like so much of what's in it. Like, like, like I like all the stuff about Legacy, and I like... Like, I want the Teen Titans back, like the real Teen Titans, you know, Teen Titans that look like the Teen Titans and act like the Teen Titans and, and, and that have relationships with the older heroes in the DCU. And there was a lot of that in here and there were relationships that were repaired, you know, and promises of promises being made that we're going to spend time with characters in the future. But the problem is, is that right now that that that's all they are, are promises. And, so I read the issue and I liked so much about it. And, and while I was reading it, I was really jazzed about all this stuff I was seeing. And then I thought, but now John's is going to go away and we are going to have to trust somebody else to actually do all this stuff. And yeah, there may be a two year plan in place, but we've seen how quickly they turn on a dime. Like, <laughs> like, the DC brass, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, six months from now, they could easily say, you know, this isn't working. We're going to do, we're, we're going to straight up do justice league versus Watchmen, <laughs> you know, like in a, in an Avengers versus X-Men style, you know, and just totally fuck the whole thing up, you know? Um, so if you're asking me what I thought of the issue itself, I had a blast reading it. And I mean, it's such a bang for your buck. 
and I'd say 90% of the stuff in it is stuff that I'm interested in seeing more of. Mm-hmm. I just don't know I'm going to see more of it, you know, or how much more or, or how well done it's going to be. Like, it was all heart because that's what Jeff Johns is, but now the heart's leaving. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, who After who the transplant, who's going to uh, who's gonna be doing it? Right. And as far as the Watchmen things, thing goes, I'm uh, – I don't know how I feel about that yet because, because so I'm not one to say like, okay, this is a sacred thing that can never be touched again, you know? Um, but I do sympathize with like creator's rights and the fact that, that Gibbons and Moore got screwed, you know, a little bit and, um, you know, but at, at, at the same time, like those characters are not a sacred cow to me that but I, I like Watchmen, but it's not a sacred cow to me. And I think the idea, the idea of <laughs> the idea of making Dr. Manhattan potentially responsible for the entire DCU and what's going on right now or what had been going on for the last five years is so like beyond reckless that <laughs> that I'm almost in support of it just because I want to see how far they drive the train off the tracks, you know? <laughs> and, and that's really, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but, but I'm in because of how insane it is. So, so I mean, th- those are my thoughts basically. And Zach, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really liked this. Like we've kind of said, it's John's just firing at his Johnsiest. Um, I think this is like the quintessential John's comic. It hits like all those buttons, you know, like the legacy aspect, um, really heavily tied into continuity. Um, and, you know, people have been talking about how John's has been like blatantly ripping off Alan Moore for, you know, over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is just the logical conclusion of that, you know? I mean, it had to happen eventually almost. And I mean, I, you know, I could care less about besmirching or misusing like the Watchmen property. Um, because I think, you know, after the movie and after before Watchmen, like that, I, I don't think it has the same like prestige or clout that it used to. Like it's still a very important book. I guess in like the history of comics and um yeah and all that I, I but I don't know I don't care I want to see where this goes um I'm pretty excited about it but at the same time um like I mentioned I think before we started recording to me this feels like the end of an era more than the beginning of something new and I wonder how many other people like longtime readers especially like people who came in around the same time I did, like I came in kind of when John's was like hitting his peak. And so like this kind of story and the, the stories that this is like echoing and referring to, to me are like my like DC high point. And to see this kind of like going out, I'm just kind of like, like, Oh, okay. So this is when I can check out a little bit. And I wonder how many other people are going to feel that way? And that's clearly like not what DC wants. Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that because as soon as Brian read the issue, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. He, he, he said, I could be done right now. Yeah. 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 
Um, the Watchmen thing, I, I again, like this is not to me about DC besmirching a property. I, I, I like Watchmen. I'm not, I'm not one of these people who swears by it. Right, that's not what this is about to me. What this is about to me is this just seems like the crassest thing they could possibly do. <laughs> and, you, how so? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> because it just seems to me like this is. <laughs> because wait, because they're rubbing. I mean, I, to- I, Ryan, oh, go ahead, go ahead. What was that, Chad? No, I, I totally get what you're saying. I feel exactly the same way. Like it feels like you know, well, you know, you know, what, what's you know, short of of threatening our readership, this is the this is the neck, this is the last thing that we can do. You know what I mean? Well, it just this this is first of all this this is Dan Didio's Hail Mary. Yeah, like if yeah. this doesn't work, I cannot see this regime continuing in any capacity. I, I just find it interesting that like while the movies make such a or, well well why they're 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 media property they're like you know DC Entertainment or mm-hmm. whatever it's called now is making an effort to move from like the the Snyder aesthetic sort of oh, comes from Watchmen and those things and, and yet the comics seem to be really leaning into super hard you know what I mean like 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 they're they're making a conscious effort to 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 make the 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 comics literally confront you know what what has sort of defined DC comics and what DC comics has sort of been uh celebrated for but also defined by since like 1986 you know what i mean <laughs> yeah to me Guys, was that I, well i just i just figured it out okay the Watchmen movie was actually the first movie in the DC Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and we're building to oh, Justice League versus Watchmen, the movie directed by Scott Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> I would watch a Scott Snyder movie any day over a Zack Snyder movie. Any day. Uh, no, it, just, it feels crass to me. It, it feels like this is, as I said, this is a Hail Mary pass, but also it just seems like there are certain things that okay uh, this is slightly a bit of a tangent here i don't like when there's unspoken rules about things like i'm a huge baseball fan there's all these unspoken <laughs> rules in baseball and i hate that shit like there should be a set of rules that is the same for everybody and all things however i think there are certain properties and certain um ideas that are just set aside for whatever reason and you know I feel for Alan Moore, you know, not having the rights to Watchmen, I do. But to me, it's more of this was never meant to be part of continuity. This right. was written as a, as a commentary. This this would be like a um, – this is a terrible example, but hear me out. This would be like if a season of The Walking Dead – Ended with like a crane shot coming out of wherever the crew are staying, and you see Chris Hardwick in the White House being <laughs> like, you know, yes, it's all coming to plan, and Talking Dead is actually part of the Walking Dead universe. Like, no, that'd be great. <laughs> like, but that's I mean, it's it's commentary becoming character, <laughs> and I I just think that's dumb, uh, and I also just think it doesn't work. Watchmen works because it's a self-contained thing. It doesn't. It's not it's it's not interesting to me to have characters that are commenting on DC characters rubbing elbows with DC characters. Well, you got you know now we've got. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's the tail wagging the dog whole thing you know that that 
that people worry about with things like before Watchmen, right? right yeah. So you got like you know, so so there's Watchmen, then there's before Watchmen, and now effectively like the entirety of the DC universe is after Watchmen. Who was telling me that they were going to rename Watchmen after before Watchmen? <laughs> I, I think we joked about that. Yeah, that might, that might have been a you thing, Chad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. This this contextualizes the DC universe in the it within the Watchmen universe. It just I mean, seems lazy to me. Yeah, I can see. I, I for me, I think there's a disconnect there for me. Like, I know that this is. I mean, the last few pages like directly reference Watchmen. It quotes from Watchmen, up, yeah, and sets yeah. it up as a as a you know continuation. But I just don't. I just can't. To me, there's still two different things, even though they're. I guess they're not. And because of that, it just doesn't really phase me that much. And maybe I'm just like, kind of a little jaded by just comics in general a little bit. Can, can I throw this out at you guys? Like, it, yeah. you know, we, we could talk about the, 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 the quality of the issue or like what the issue sort of like, uh, like viscerally makes you feel right. Like we can do that all day long, but I want to talk about like the nuts and bolts of the issue. Like, where do you think this is going? Like what happens if that's okay? Yeah. absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll start off just by asking flat out, like, do you guys think there's a plan like do you, no, I'm I'm serious. Like I I I, don't, I, I literally I literally want to know. Like, is there like a giant dry erase board, you know, in in Los Angeles that uh, that has the plan on it? Like, do you there's... think do you think there's an ending to this, or do you think this is just the hook and it can go somewhere from here? Sup- supposedly, there is a plan. Is okay. what I've is what I've heard, but I can't. I mean, that's. That's the guy from comicbook.com saying that he talked to Johns after an interview he did and John says there's two years of this plan and and this is what's gonna happen and this is what's gonna happen and it's just one it's just one blogger talking, but mm-hmm. I, I mean that, I that's guarantee what I've heard. there's two years worth of stories in John's head. Mm-hmm. But whether um, that's gonna see that's my yeah. Yeah. yeah I guarantee that he has stories for years like going on mm-hmm. in his head. And I, I mean, it seems like I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen. I'd completely forgotten this, but the like Mr. Oz character, mm-hmm. who oh, you mean Ozymandias? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Was seated in his Superman run. Yeah, he was. He was in that run. Yeah. So like, I, I guess he's been planning this for a little while now. That was over a year ago. Um, I mean, unless it's like a red herring, like they don't, exactly. they don't even, yeah, they don't even come down and say that that's who that is, right? Right. Like, that's but just. It, yeah. I mean, it seems like yes, because you know they reference Adrian in the in the in the, on the last page. They, mm-hmm. yeah, they you know clearly you're on, you know you're on Mars. Uh, yeah, there's there's stuff there's stuff there. Um, um, do do we think that they're actually going to ever confront Watchmen, or is this just going to be like a secondary like, well, this happened to us, but I, there's nothing we oh, can no, do man. now. Yeah, no, I I full on believe that we're gonna see Superman like punch the shit out of Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. at some point in the future, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, next year's free comic book day special gonna have that. Yeah, like, like I have no doubt like in my teaser. mind. 
because there's because there's no reason not to at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, See, I just that's, that's what I mean about the train going so far off the tracks. Like right. once once we reach that point, it's gonna be like we're playing with house money and I don't even care anymore. Like, I just want to see how absurd they can be. Yeah. So <laughs> Johns has given some interviews and when, when Vince and I were talking about this, Vince kept referencing these, this Johns interview where Johns says that Dr. Manhattan and the Watchmen comic represent a cynicism about comics and that this book is about, restoring optimism to comics. And so there's going to, if there's going to be a battle between them, it's a battle between cynicism and optimism. Now y'all are my pals. Y'all know I fall on the optimism side, but this is what I'm really concerned about. I could see a lot of people reading this comic and turning that page and seeing Batman holding the comedian's pin and be like, fuck yes, finally. Yeah, and like the yeah. people who feel yeah. that way want to see the comedian snipe Batman. Yeah. And like they want to see Dr. Manhattan like pinch the Flash's head off. Like they, yeah. they, they want to see and this Ro- stuff. Rorschach is the hero. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you know, and when you like mention it that way, like I get where Johns is coming from, but I, I don't like that statement because it comes across as like Me an either. attack on the creators almost you know like yeah they have, like they've done a bad thing and i don't like that well, well people forget that the same guy that wrote watchman is also the same guy that wrote whatever happened to the man of tomorrow which is yeah. like one of the brightest you know what i mean like i mean yeah, there's some there's some stuff in there that don't then, get me wrong but that way yeah i can almost i yeah i can almost see how it's an attack against the fans too for liking that right like the, like like there's nothing wrong with watchman at all like like watchman the comic is fantastic mm-hmm. like the problem is that the 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 dummies i'm sorry but the you know they're like, yeah like like they've taken the wrong pieces from watchman to heart you know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. in execution watchman's a perfectly fine story um it's got i mean look it's got some weird stuff it's a product of its time yeah sure but but no i i, I do i am one of these people who do, I do think it's a masterpiece. I think it's fantastic. I think it's probably you know, it's it's certainly you know, a a, a peak of, of of creative like expression. It's great. I love that book. But at the end of the day, like that, it's not Watchmen's fault that people wanted shit to be darker because of Watchmen. You know what right. I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. not Watchmen's fault that that the question can't be the. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 not the book's fault or the creator's fault. They just told a story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's not the Beatles' fault Charles Manson thought Helter Skelter was about killing right. people. <laughs> Look, yeah. That's an ex- that's an extreme, but that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting too because like Morrison has kind of been preaching this a little bit too over the years. Um you know, kind of coming butting heads with more a little bit and it's you know, kind of weird to see John's picking that up too. Yeah, but like, I think I think there's an. Uh, I don't want to do this because it makes me sound like I don't like Jeff Johns, but I think there's like a, like sort of a. Oh, this sounds so bad, but like, like there's kind of a. Peer conversations going that goes on between Morrison and Moore, and I don't yeah. think 
Johns is there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, like yeah. I don't think this is, uh, you know, I don't like the phrase punching up or punching down, but this sort of feels a little bit like punching up to me. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't think it's quite, like, this feels a little bit like, like a high school essay in some ways. Um, yeah. It, like, in the best possible way, like, the smartest kid in the class is writing it, <laughs> but at the same time, like, like it, it doesn't feel like it really has a grasp on how how much it could impact things. I guess to me, to me, Johns reminds me of of all of us. He's the fan that made good, and I feel like when his books really work, it's because he's tapping into something that is pure and honest about his love for these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all in good, but I think that that type of thinking will never allow you to write the type of things that Grant Morrison wrote. There's mm-hmm. just a different thought process going on there. It's not a better or a worse thing. It's just different. And to me, Watchmen does not seem to fall into the Jeff Johns wheelhouse. Does that make sense? I kept The whole yeah. time I was reading this thing, I kept thinking, I was like, you know, oh, this thing should have been plotted by Jeff Johns like scripted by Tom King. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, or there, well, everything or, should be scripted by Tom King. Yeah, like the, the whole time I was <laughs> oh, like, man, what if it is though? Like what if that's <laughs> what we're going to get? The next big event is a Tom King's coming out party. Yeah. Well, and, and, and look, I would love that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming out of this book, I'm genuinely more excited about DC Comics than I've been in the last four years. I mean, that's saying something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was a guy who, who basically read uh, Omega Men uh, and Martian Manhunter, and uh, you know a couple of random issues of Superman over the last four years. And I and, and Brian can tell you guys I was a huge DC guy before. So you know that, he's not this, lying. This, it's true. This is this is. I mean, I'm gonna pick up more DC books probably. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah. Um, I I fear we're going to get off on a, on a crazy tangent here, and and Chad has kind of a hard out here. So why don't we do this? Chad, why don't you tell our listeners where folks can find you on the interwebs? Yep. And then we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll rant after you've uh, <laughs> yeah, you've, that's t- good. you've taken your slumbers. So good. W- w- where can folks find your work and you on online and in their local stores? Uh, well, monthly you can you can pick up my my book uh, that I co-write with Chris Sims uh, and uh, from Marvel called X Men ninety two. Uh, and then I've got uh, a couple of things coming out in the next couple of months. So kind of keep your eyes out for those. I've got a story that's going to be choosing uh, Civil War Two, uh, choosing sides number one. Uh, but if you want to find me online, uh, Twitter is probably the best place, and I'm just at Chad Bowers. I'm pretty easy uh, there. So yeah, that's it. Well, thanks for stopping by, Chad. We got to have you back sometime soon. Sure, guys, that was fun. Thanks for having me. That was fun. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Hey kids, do you like comics? Do you like in-depth interviews with your favorite creators and interesting discussion about the medium? Do you enjoy different accents? Then chances are you're really going to like Orbital in Conversation. It's the podcast of Orbital Comics in Central London, where we bring you the best and the brightest in comics, and we do it all with a bit of fun, a bit of style, and a bit of panache. You can find us here on the Multiversity Comics Network every week. And we are back. We're going to just fly through the issue right now and talk about sort of any anything that jumps out to us, any bits of new information, any teases to the future, and kind of give them a quick uh, commentary. So uh, what's the first thing you guys want to talk about? 
Uh, the first thing that really pops up is Batman in the Batcave, and he's talking to Alfred about the three Jokers. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know how you guys feel about that because, um, I, I like this idea. I like the idea of a multiverse with different Earths. I like the idea that on the Prime Earth, any given character has lived out every event in their past, you know, it's all, it's all there, you know, I'm not sure I like three completely separate jokers of one earth. Yeah. Yeah. This, I really like, and maybe it's just because they don't like spend that much time on this and we don't know a lot about it, but I like, don't really care about this plot point that much right now. No. I'm just, I'm done with the Joker too for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I was so excited by our friend Walter Richardson's idea yeah. of the Joker's identity being like a glitch in the Matrix. And I was so convinced he was right that this kind of bums me out. Although he's not, Walt wasn't wrong. Yeah. But still, I, uh, I don't love this. I just feel like there's a, uh, Especially because, like, at this point, like, I thought when they said that there are three Jokers, that it was going to be something a little bit more mysterious than this. But, like, we hear that there's two Jokers arrested. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that means that there's three dudes walking around with the same name or whatever. And, you know, we presume that the third one is the one whose mind was wiped mm-hmm. from the yeah, super the heavy one, story. The one on the right in that image, yeah. Yes, that he is, that he is the one who would meet Bruce Wayne in the park mm-hmm. and talk to him. Um, yeah. Uh, Vince, anything to add about that since you want to talk about it? No, I guess... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, do we want to talk about your theory about about the Joker? Yeah, I... I it's not my theory. I've seen this... I, I know, I... Yeah, I've yeah. seen this state in a lot of places that people believe that the joke that one of the Jokers is going to be the comedian from Watchmen. So it's definitely the Killing Joke one, right? Yeah, I would think so. And that would I make guess, sense. I guess that's I guess that's one way to excuse or hand wave the uh, the Killing the, Joke, the, the sexual assaulty Joker. Yeah, because the comedian's pretty sexual assaulty as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Birds of a feather, etc. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, I, I was, uh, I was again talking with Walt today because Walt is my at work on G Chat talking about DC Comics pal, and I was saying like I don't like the fact that this book makes me think about that this book makes me nitpick continuity, but like if the comedian is the Joker, at what point in his career is he the Joker? Ah, come on, Brad. Like, I, I, I don't like thinking about that stuff, but these this book makes me ask these questions. Well, he like clearly didn't die at the beginning of Watchmen. He fell into the the uh, what's the stuff in Scott <laughs> Snyder's Batman run? Dionys- Dionysium. Yeah. He clearly fell into that and came back as the Joker, and then he did everything that he did. You know, Killing Joke happened, and that make, that it's all so it's sense. all right there. It makes so much sense. You're the right. Tools I mean, the pieces are all there. This is so good. Oh God! <laughs> all right. So the next, the next thing is Wally West showing up, and I kind of want to talk about how you guys feel about 
having the pre-52 Wally West and the the new 52 Wally West. Because personally, like I understand why people are upset and and feel like, you know, uh the African American Wally is going to take a back seat, you know. But uh, again, I might be a fool for being an optimist when it comes to DC, but I feel like they've featured young Wally in enough of the promotional material <clears throat> that he's going to get just as big a push as as you could hope. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I am. Um, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say my my only problem with it is that he felt the need to explain their relation to each other. <laughs> that's my only problem with it. Well, I don't know if that's a problem. Because, I just think it's silly. Well, let, let me explain to you why I think it's less silly than the other option. If this if this book were introducing the pre-Flashpoint Wally West to the New 52 for the first time, then I agree with you. But this book tells us that Wally West was around after Flashpoint. He was one of the Teen Titans after Flashpoint. Well, okay, I'm kind of confused by that, because, like, on the page that it shows, like, Barry, like, remembering all of the Titans... Yes. The next page, he said, I had a different life before Flashpoint changed it all. I didn't disappear with the Teen Titans. I dot, dot, dot. Right, because... So it makes it sound like he he didn't disappear? No, 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 no. Before Flashpoint, he didn't disappear. Before Flashpoint, he was married and had kids. Then there's Flashpoint, and he disappeared with the Titans. But... I guess I interpreted it all a little bit differently. My my interpretation was that, like, so the pre-Flashpoint stuff happened, and then there's this, like, period of time that Dr. Manhattan lifted out that didn't really happen, but sort of happened. I don't know. I guess your thing makes more sense, but it's kind of. Con- I think it's, it's terribly really confusing. confusing. Yeah. So I don't know. You're probably right. Well, regardless, like to, to me, it's just like if there was, if this Wally West had been on the planet before, then New Fifty Two Wally West is not his doppelganger, right? Like, it's not like yeah. how there were two Supermen because one of them was from you know, pre-Flashpoint Earth and ones from post-Flashpoint Earth. This right. was, both these guys walked the Earth at the same time. Well, how do these two guys have the same last name and first name and relation to Barry? You know, so I, I don't think it was, I think it was a very simple explanation, maybe too simple, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. So, if this Wally isn't the pre-New 52 Wally, how does he remember all of that stuff? Because of the Speed Force. But, so how long has he been in the Speed Force? He's been in the Speed Force. Okay, so we we don't know. Do we know how long, this is like the nerdiest fucking conversation of my life. Do we know like how long in comic time it's been since the New 52 started? Like, uh, so not ca- like counting the five year. So there was like the five year jump. No, and then on top five, of that, the, it's probably been like, I don't know, maybe 
three three years. years so I like would that. say Wally's been missing for like four or five years. So, so theoretically, something happened along the way. <sighs> Are you caught up with Titans Hunt? No. Okay, in Titans Hunt. That. Okay, I, I I did it this weekend. I was a trooper. Um, you are. Uh, Mr. Twister, who's the villain of that, essentially the way they could defeat him was to make themselves forget they were Titans. It's super fucking convoluted. But so eventually they all have... That's why none of them remember, because they had to, like, mind-wipe themselves in order to defeat Mr. Twister. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, they don't remember their relationships with each other. And, like, that makes sense to a certain degree. That makes... That makes you understand why Dick Grayson does not recognize Donna Troy, right? Mm-hmm. And it would make you realize that if Dick, Tra- if Dick Grayson walked into a room where Wally West was there, they wouldn't recognize each other. I understand that point, mm-hmm. but how would that like, makes sense? But how would or, Barry in, in, as a, yeah. right? But how would Barry not remember Wally? Because yeah. Batman remembers Dick. Yeah, y- you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's where it, it all just kind of, like, doesn't make sense to me because, you know, where does this, like, 10 years that has gone missing come into effect? Obviously, that, like, I guess that's in, that's why they're all younger and less experienced, but... Um, well, what I think they're trying to say with the 10 years, and uh, I feel like we need to let Vince talk in a second because he's sitting yeah. there, like, you know, <laughs> biding his time while we go on. I feel like ten out of ten, guys. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I, I feel like the ten years thing is like so. You know how there's like a sliding scale of how old Superman is. Yeah. I feel like this is just reverting everyone back to like this is why Superman went from being married with Lois to being twenty one in Flashpoint. That's the ten years. Is that when Flashpoint happened, everyone lost ten years off whatever age they were. Mm-hmm. Like the minute before Flashpoint started. Yeah. I don't know. It's all really confusing. Yeah. Anyway, Vince, do you have anything to add to this or you want to move on to the next thing? No, no. I just think that, that this discussion, you know, mm-hmm. just shows that, like, <laughs> um, including, like, 20 to 30. Uh, incredible moments that you've wanted for the last five years in a comic book with four of the best artists that DC has is just going to, you know, it's going to be a crowd pleaser. It doesn't make for a story that actually works. Yeah. I agree with you, Brian, when you say that this isn't a story, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt that the minute I read it, I, I said, you know, this is just, this is like two page preview issues for things that may happen in the future. Yeah. Most of which I like, you know, but when but when you actually get down and talk about it, like does this any, make any sense? No. Does does it have to? I uh, I'm not sure it has to. Right. You know, but but again, this is going to be a recurring theme of what I have to say. As much as I like this and it doesn't have to make sense to me, it it's going to need to when somebody else takes it. And and works it in their hands, you know. Once once Johns is gone, and it's Harris and Dio and Lee planning this all out, you know, are they going to be able to get away with that same <laughs> looseness of continuity? Right. You know? Um, I guess the next big point is us meeting Johnny Thunder. 
as an old man and Wally appearing to him and talking about the Justice Society. Yeah. That, uh, I really liked that part. Um, I mean, this is one of the first hints at books that DC hasn't talked about yet. Right. Um, that I'm extremely excited for. Yeah, here's... Yeah, I'm... Here's my other continuity gripe, and I promise this is the last one. I promise. So if this is... You know, the JSA has always been a bit problematic because of that sliding scale of continuity time. Mm -hmm. But the JSA always started during World War II. And so, like, if this book is... You know, if you're taking this at face value, there was a JSA in the 40s, and then people forgot about superheroes for 50 years. And then they started showing up again. And I just... That's why you need an Earth 2. Like, that that fixes all these problems. Yeah. But, but I've heard rumors that the Earth 2 series is continuing. Right, it was on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's continuing, like, from the place Society. it was left off. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that's not... That does not take place. Oh, like just a two. like just a renumber, basically. Yeah, maybe some slight adjustments, but not not a uh, not a reboot in in this sense. Yeah. Furthermore, didn't Uncle Rich say that uh, that the JSA team that we were going to see in Rebirth was going to be like transported out of time? I think so. Well, well, maybe maybe that's where this eventually will go. Right. Maybe... So, but we're seeing Johnny Thunder really old right now. Like, what's gonna, you know? Maybe they'll be transported out of the forties, though. Yeah. Well, it makes it sound like he is the only one left, or something, and something happened to the rest of them. Yeah, the McCarthyism happened essentially. Well, yeah. But I wonder if it's kind of something similar to what had previously happened to the JSA, you know, where they went to limbo and now they're going to come back, yeah. you know. I mean, I don't think anybody is really going to be upset if Johnny Thunder is not on the team. No, you know, I am. And I actually think that because the Thunderbolt is the one who does so much, having an old man Johnny Thunder is just as fine as having like a bumbling young Johnny Thunder. Yeah. Steve Orlando is going to be upset. That is probably true. That is probably true. Um, okay, then we move on to the Legion section, where there is an unnamed Legionnaire. We don't even really see her, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's got to be. It's got to be Saturn Girl, though. I would think. I would think so too. Yeah, um, and we see a Legion ring. That's another tease at a book that hasn't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think all of us want a good Legion book. I think a good Legion book is much easier said than done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that without John's being... Like, you know, we're all saying that John's is going away. If if the promotional materials are to, believe, to be believed, he's still going to be overseeing the whole line. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. But if that's the case, then I could see them having... Uh, having a Legion book that he can kind of guide. Because yeah. honestly, unless they're bringing in Jonathan Hickman, which we can all sacrifice whatever to whoever to make that happen, like that, I think we can all agree that would be great. But aside from him, I think you need to have somebody like 
Johns behind that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least from an editorial perspective. Um, anyways, that's the Legion. Then we get the section of the two Adams, Ryan Choi and Ray Palmer. Uh, there is a little bit of unfortunate jingoism here. <laughs> yeah, you know what it reminded you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like uh like a children's movie where like in the beginning there's like a nasty teacher or something and they're way over the top just to make a point, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Like I think we're I mean we're clearly supposed to think that she's a disgusting <laughs> right person, you know, but it, that's just what it reminded me of like when you take that minor character and to make an impression you just make them be over the top about it she's the uncle from home alone yeah there you go look yep. what you did you little jerk yeah yep yep <laughs> yep <laughs> yes yeah um but i mean i i do like the idea of ryan Cho- it's, again the adam is a character we have not seen in any rebirth solicits yet i think the idea of ryan Choi adam hunting through the microverse for ray palmer adam is like the best idea in the world. Oh, I yeah. want that book. I want that I think book. this is actually the book idea I'm the most excited about. Mm-hmm. Which to me is surprising because like I don't have much of an affiliation with the Atom. I'm way more like interested in JSA and Legion, but like just this hook by itself is really cool. It's definitely a fun idea. Yeah. Um Yeah. I I'm very much on board for that book. Um, all right, next up we get Blue Beetle, which is the only one of these teases that we really have a that we know we have a book coming for. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we have a book that's going to be the Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes and Doctor Fate story. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my question: Look at Doctor Fate in this. Yeah, yeah. is that Earth Two Doctor Fate? No, I think haven't they shown some, on some of the covers that this Doctor Fate is going to be showing up in the right in the Doctor Fate book? Okay, well, it's Kent Nelson, right? Yeah, he's already shown up. Yeah. Oh, he okay. Yeah, he 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 shows up on uh, Khalid's like doorstep and says that you have something that belongs to me. Okay. Uh, I don't and, love and that. I don't either. I I'm a little bit. What's you know what's going to happen to Khalid now? See that's people are people are mad about Wally West, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I honestly believe in my naive heart of hearts that that young Wally's going to get the push that he needs. You know, mm-hmm. I I will I will cringe if Khalid Nasur is not around anymore. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, how cool would it be if there were the two Blue Beetles and the two Doctor Fates in the book together? Right. I mean, that, yeah. there's there's a chance that that can happen yet, but but yes, yeah, yep. I'd be all for that. Oh yeah. All right. Then we get. Um, well, first of all, we need to talk about this a little bit more. So Ted Cord is being Uncle Teddy here, trying to get very uh, handsome, by the way. Yes, dashing even. Um, you know, he's trying to be there for Jaime to help him understand the scarab a little bit better, and Jaime just wants to get it off of him. And I think it's actually a pretty fun dynamic between the two of them. And I really like there's the one line that Jaime says where he says, "Look, Mister Court, I appreciate your enthusiasm, I really do. But I came to you as 
that came to you because as brilliant as everyone says you are, you're supposed to be a nice guy too. And I kind of liked that. I kind of liked them keeping Ted being a good dude as part of his character. Because, you know, yes, he was annoying, but I don't think anybody had anything really bad to say besides he was annoying during his life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I kind of like that bit. All right. Then we get the uh, we get six panels, two panels dedicated to these different characters. Who do you guys think is celebrating their 13th birthday up top there? That's Damien, right? Yeah, it's Damien. I presume it's Damien, but I don't know why they wouldn't show him more clearly. I've seen a bunch of people like theorizing about who that could be. Well, who else would it be? I don't know, but why would they? It just seems like an odd, an odd, an odd choice for me. I know they're making him a teen at thirteen, and therefore uh-huh. he can be a Teen Titan now. Uh-huh. But he already was a Teen Titan, so who cares? Um, but he's wearing the he's wearing the Damien boots and cape with the hood yeah like i said i've seen a lot of people talk about wondering who that is so there there well it, it is really weird that it has also like the new heroes caption right and he's not a new hero so i mean to be fair um the former power ring isn't exactly a new hero either she's been in the justice league true. comic for a couple years now yeah that's true um and then we get Jackson Hyde, a.k.a. Aqualad, the Aqualad that was introduced in the um, Young Justice television series, who was introduced into the comics through Jeff Johns' Brightest Day, and then promptly ignored. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think one of the weirder things about the New 52, actually, is that he wasn't part of the Teen Titans when it started. Yeah. Right? It seems like it would be perfect for him. I mean, because he, even, like... Okay, so Brightest Day was kind of the last event before Flashpoint, and a lot of that stuff got lost. But a lot of those characters at least had a place, you know? Like, even, like, you know, it ended with Swamp Thing, and then immediately Swamp Thing had his first book in, like, forever, you know? Right, right. And I feel like Garth wasn't part of the New 52, so it's not Mm -hmm. like you had to remove one Aqualad for the other. They didn't know Aqualad's. Mhm. Yeah. But I like Jackson. I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a good addition to the to the DC universe. I bet I I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna guess he's gonna show up in Teen Titans, right? Or yeah, Aquaman? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. either Maybe that Aquaman or Aquaman. Or... Okay, then we get Pandora blinked out of existence. <laughs> uh, Which the... what a what a. I mean, that's if if that's not like a big middle finger to the new fifty two, I I don't know what is. Yeah, I just want to say I want to remind everyone that I never thought Jeff Johns was fully on board with that. I know we've talked about it a lot, but he's he's always it always felt like he had trepidation about the the new fifty two from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right, then we get we see um we see um Grail oh god holding baby dark side cute little baby dark side and they're talking about Diana's twin brother who has great power named Jason which is to me a funny name 
uh, to have an like an Amazonian boy named Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't fit for me, but Jason I and the Argonauts, man. I guess so. Um, I've been thinking that that's probably Jason Blood. Oh, you think so? We've already seen him, though. I thought we see Etrigan in the. Uh... Oh, Jason Blood. I'm thinking of. I was thinking that was like Brother Blood. Oh, I see no, what no. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he would have a great power, he would be evil in a certain way. Um, I thought it was. I felt like it was like a brand new character. I I hope it's a brand new character because I to me that means that maybe Greg Ruckus may be doing it. If it if it's Jason Blood, I I, I can't imagine that showing up in in that book. So here's right. my <laughs> I'm of two minds on this. So one, you know, we I think we had talked earlier about like some of the early solicits coming out talking about like uh, the lies of the Amazons or something, yeah. and how we were afraid that was going to be like Rucka kind of paving over a lot of the Azarello stuff. Mm-hmm. I think now, like with the context of this and Justice League Fifty, it seems like they're just setting up that there's just a lot of, you know, secret history that we didn't know about. Um, Which was actually kind of the point of the Azarillo Chang run. Right. That's true. So it seems like we're, to me, it just seems like we're getting more of that. My thing that bothers me is that like adding this like secret twin brother um, kind of like undermines Wonder Woman a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you guys feel that way. Yeah, I thought about that, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's like shifting the focus away from her. To uh, a dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so Yeah, that's... well, we'll see. If I, if I trust anyone I tr- to do it right, I trust Greg Rucka. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so the next thing we get is the double-page spread of... Uh, the spot where Superman dies and we get, you know, some of your usual suspects. We have steel, Martian Manhunter, Firestorm. Then we have some teen Titans. We have Starfire and Raven. We have Vixen. Uh, and we have the first time, I think since 2012, we have Captain Adam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really don't think we've seen him since his zero issue. I think you're right. And uh, um, so why the hell I mean, is that another clue to Dr. Manhattan? Just a reminder. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because remember know. when J.T. Kroll wrote that oh. in in all but name only uh, Dr. Manhattan book? Mm-hmm. I, I took so many forget me nows to <laughs> try to get rid of that. It's so easy to forget. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, then we get the beginning of this love uh, business here, where we see Ollie and Dinah kind of glancing at each other and and having this this longing sense that is that is forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think of? I love this how part? they're. Bo- I love how they're both smiling while they're kicking ass. By the way, yeah. And I maybe it's just because I'm getting married in a month from today, but. Uh... I'm a real sucker for the love stuff in this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I ate this chapter up. I uh, I didn't. I liked everything about it. 
I didn't like how Wally was so into it. <laughs> like that seemed a little bit weird. Now, to me. wait a minute. Wait a minute, Brian. If you're stuck in the in the speed force, you're telling me you're not going to go around and watch people. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh. F- fair point, but uh, no. Uh, you understand my what I'm saying, though. It just seemed a little bit odd that he was like, "Yes, love." Like, you know, God, I love love. He's he's dark helmet from <laughs> yeah, Spaceballs. Exactly. Yeah. Is Ollie and Dinah action figures? Yeah. <laughs> oh, your arrows are so big. <laughs> Oh uh, boy! Um, <laughs> then we get uh, old Fifty Two Clark walking out of his motel room, yeah, and meeting uh, Mister Oz. I, I don't care for this part at all. I don't. This part's weird. I don't understand this part. It, you and your family are not what you believe you are, and neither was the fallen Superman. I see. I've seen people. I've seen people suggest that once the story of rebirth or whatever this overarching story is going to shake out, mm-hmm. that that all these myriad versions are going to be condensed down into one character, and that doesn't even include this pre fifty two. You know, like it's something beyond this pre new fifty two Superman. You know, so he's like the new Hawkman. I've seen somebody suggest that, and I feel like that's the most logical thing I can, you know, I, I don't know what else they could mean. If by Superman that. is the new Hawkman is the most logical thing we can come up with. <laughs> and that says a lot about the quality of this book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this whole, see, I don't think they need to be, I'm with you, Brian. When you talk about like, they're going to drop mysteries that may never, we, you know, we might not see some of this stuff for months or years, you or know, ever. Yeah. Or ha- I mean, it says it all right there. I, I have so many questions left unanswered. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is that like, I can deal with them showing, um, the Adam and then having to wait a while because a book hasn't been announced, you know? I can't deal with these like obtuse mysteries. Like if Johns is getting out and he's not coming back to write a book anytime soon, I don't need any more of this stuff piled on top, you know? Right. This is like the gravy being poured on top of one of those KFC famous bowls. <laughs> Delicious. Like... <laughs> uh, a failure pile in a sadness bowl. As, <laughs> as Pat Oswalt would say, yeah. yeah. Um, then we're given um, Aquaman and Mira, and he proposes to her. And this part I thought was very sweet, actually. Yeah. And this part was Jeff Johns, like, sticking a middle finger right in Dendidio's face <laughs> because they were married pre-Flashpoint, and they had to be undone, and then he makes them married again. Yeah. Um. Then we get Linda. Well, then in the very, in the very next scene, Dendidio gets one back because... They're not married anymore. No, but but they're also de-aged to the point where they probably couldn't have been married for 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just – let me reiterate how weird it is that like – I'm not talking from a story point – like story uh, perspective. I'm talking from like a pure mechanics of how they're building their line going forward. How weird it is for them to say we're going to pull it back and essentially these characters are going to be – for the most part, who they were before Flashpoint. But 
while he's not married anymore, even though oh. he's acknowledging in this very book that he was at one time. Like, I'm surprised they went that way rather than just saying, you know what? He was never married at all. Let's pull it back even further, you know? Hey. Isn't that I, weird? I hate to dredge this back up again, but I just was flipping through and I saw this. In the very beginning, when Wally goes to Bruce, he says, I'm younger than you would remember. We all are. Right. Which, again, makes me think, like... Like, if they disappeared when they were Teen Titans, he should have been this age. And so he should remember him like that, right? Uh, oh, God. It's very complicated. Okay, I'm sorry I brought that back up, but I just saw that. Some extreme... Why do we have Jack Johns here just to explain it all to us? <laughs> yeah, we some, ex- some extreme nerd is, t- is going to type us up this like incredibly intricate email. Brian at multiversitycomics.com. Please send it Please over. Brian at multiversitycomics.com. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so, so we get not married Wally meeting not married Linda. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember him, and it almost destroys him. Very, really sad part. Yes. Like, yeah. That actually affected me. To see him, like, recoil and be like, no. Yeah. Yeah, which, like, I, you know, that was, I think, like, one of the, like, best parts in terms of just, like, the scope of everything that Johns has done with the character over the years. You know, like, making her his, um, you know, lightning rod or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was good. I, um... I'll get to that in a second. Um, okay. So yeah, we we see Wally and Linda, you know, break apart here, and then we see Wally. He, he's really starting to fall apart, and here's where we start getting a bunch of the teases of other series that DC is coming out with. So we see the new hero called Gotham that will be featured in the Batman book by Tom King, who some people think is Night Owl. Um, but we'll leave that alone for a second we see Swamp Thing and Constantine having a conversation about how Swamp Thing asks sorry Constantine asks for Swamp Thing's help quote against the capes and we don't know what that means yet but his price is they have to bring Abby Arcane back which is essentially just resetting the deck of Swamp Thing for the umpteenth time yes exactly um so there's that. And then we see Wally. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see Ollie go visiting uh, Captain Boomerang and the Ska Band. Wanna <laughs> get me out of here? Oi, oi, oi. And then Vic Stone, a.k.a. Uh, Cyborg, who he wouldn't have been a teammate with in the New 52, but that's, again, let's leave it be. And then D-Dick, as he calls him. D-Dick. D-Dick. D-Dan And D-Dick. That's an in-joke between two best friends that don't remember one another. Exactly, yeah. My mind is racing. Okay, then we get to see... This might be actually my favorite moment of the issue. 
seeing New 52 Wally West save somebody and yes. then being so happy about saving them and embracing his power. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was incredible. And I love I love like this feels really on the nose as there's a lot of stuff in this issue. Uh-huh. But I love that Johns is like, "Look, Wally West, like New 52 Wally West is Kid Flash, and that's a good thing. Like let's not fuck that up." Right, yeah. That is definitely so like, the implication there. Yeah. Mhm. Um, then we get the nice scene of, of Barry getting the pizza for the kids and all that. Oh, that's great. Uh, so yeah. And then we turn the page and we see Wally confront Barry. And this was like, so much of this was just hitting me in, in the sweet spot of my fandom. Mm-hmm. Wally has been, you know, Wally is such an optimist and Wally is such a character that has so much heart and he's consistently put the people in his life above all else and so to see him say goodbye to barry i thought was a really really beautiful scene now are you guys looking at this issue right now Mm -hmm. yes all right go down to the bottom right hand corner of this page uh of the of the second page the right hand page where you see like wally throughout time i see it isn't that alfred e newman yeah it's alfred e newman right yeah probably okay so fucking weird I know they brought Watchmen into continuity, but mad too. Come on. (laughs) Well, you didn't see Spy vs. Spy in that uh, in the background of that uh, when Superman died. They were running around back there. Oh boy! Um, If you fold the back cover over, (laughs) makes a picture of a butt. The uh, (laughs) the aforementioned Walt Richardson said, "What me restore continuity?" I can't believe you wrote that in your in your column on on Multiversity, by the way, because I had that exact same thought last night when I read. This. Oh, did you really? And I thought I'm gonna hide that under a bushel basket because like no one else is gonna think that, and I'm gonna they're gonna say no, you're nuts. And then you wrote that. Oh, sorry. No, no, not no, sorry. No, I guess not... we're on the same wavelength then. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm impressed. Yeah, but so we we get this this whole really nice scene of Wally saying goodbye, and then. When he's saying goodbye and he's breaking up and then you see just the eyes of Barry when he realizes who Wally is, those eyes are the greatest eyes in the history of comics. <laughs> like, they're full of hope and remembrance and sadness. And then when he grabs onto him and, like, flings him out of the Speed Force, I mean, that was... Yeah. And then to hear him say, I'm sorry, my God, how could I ever forget you? Like, it's just, it's... I'm getting chills right now reading it. Yeah. And like artistically. Yeah, it's, so, it's so expressive. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. This is one of the, I think, artistically the best sequences in the book, just in terms of like the art and the layouts and everything. It's just, it's so well done. You you know what everyone is feeling at any given time. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. Yeah. But just like there's this great part where, so you see, you see Barry literally pull him out of the speed force and then Barry collapses in sadness and Wally picks him up. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I, I love that they're helping each other and that it's just, it's such a perfect and like seeing him, Barry put his hand on Wally's face as they're both crying. It's just this beautiful, tender moment. And it's so unlike anything we've seen in the last five years. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really reminded me of like, like pre New Fifty Two, everybody knew everyone, and everyone was, they were buddies, and like they really cared about one another. It's a very reviled comic, and I've talked about it before. But one of my favorite just individual moments of DC Comics is from Brad Meltzer's JLA run, where Dinah and Hal give Roy his Red Arrow costume. Mm-hmm. And you just, there's this moment of like the three of them have shared so much over their lifetimes. And you've seen Dinah and, and Hal have watched Roy grow up and fight his addictions. And they give him this thing that really means something. And it just felt familial in a way. And that's how I felt when reading this. Yeah. It just felt like, of course, these people care about each other. Of course, they have relationships. And of course, they would have this grand affinity for each other. I, I thought it was so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my favorite part of the issue. More so than... Uh, I really enjoy some other parts, but there's there's nothing that can, that can trump yeah. the emotion there for me. Definitely, yeah. And then we get Wally telling Barry it wasn't his fault, it was someone else. And then we're led to the Watchmen thing. <laughs> where Bruce goes... Uh, g- you know, goes deep into the Batcave and pulls out... The comedian's pin. Why? Why? Why does he do that? Like, what? I don't know if this was supposed to be after Barry told Bruce, like, the letter with your dad. It's something's wrong there. If Uh this was supposed to be Bruce's reaction to that. Well, he does. I mean, yeah, because he looks at the letter, you know, and then then he goes spelunking. But, like... What makes him think, like, oh, I'm going down there? <laughs> I also feel like with... <laughs> I, I know the Batcave is pretty well organized, but all the shit in the Batcave, is it that weird there's a smiley face button in there? <laughs> like, that has significance to the reader, but would that have any significance to Bruce? Well, he's... I, <laughs> I don't know, but how has he never found it before? I don't like, know. What? I, See, well, like, also, why would it even be there? You know, I, like, oh my god, I just thought of something. What? what? <laughs> Remember that time in Scott Snyder's run on Batman when he said that he let the Joker into the Batcave? Uh-huh, yes, yeah. <laughs> the Joker left the comedian's button behind. I mean, yeah, that's like, I think the most reasonable explanation oh i just got diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh... all right the last thing i do want to talk about beyond the dr manhattan stuff is i want to look at that double page spread of okay. heroes of all the heroes yeah we were talking about this a little bit off air there's a hero in the bottom left hand corner who zach and i think is damaged and god i hope so because I love that character. It's my favorite 90s like reject character that no one cares about but me. <laughs> but I love him. Um, we also get we get our first look at Donna Troy's new digs. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a look at, at an Adam. We don't know which Adam that is on Diana's shield. We see Bumblebee, who was reintroduced in Titan's Hunt. Mm-hmm. We see... Um, Dead man, uh, dead man's hanging around. Dead man is hanging around yeah. for the first time in a long time. 
we get a mossy looking killer croc. Um, it was odd to me what characters were really in the background. Like Zatanna's barely there, but she's really in the background along with Etrigan. And uh, we get uh, Jonathan Kent. We get the Shazam family introduced in uh, Jeff Johns, yeah. Gary Frank's run, which I think all of us probably presumed we were going to still see around. Well, it's been a while. I really wasn't sure if we they'd ever bring that aspect back again. Um, but yeah, is this like, this is just even more dangling and teasling of like a possible Shazam book that we may or may not ever get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also get um, Vixen. We get the entire Bat family. Um, Beast Boy. You know all the usual suspects. I, I, I of note, there is no Hawkman or Hawk Girl in this, and I feel like that's really unusual, mm-hmm. especially because they were just on DC TV as of a week ago. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they're not there, uh, and I wonder if there's something planned for them or if that's. Or if those are some of the characters getting shelved for now. Yeah. Yeah. Is it so weird? I mean, it's like we mentioned with like the Aqua, the extended Aquaman family, or like the Atom, they all got shelved in the New 52 for a while. Um, seems like they just, they have a quota of how many characters they can have. And it's like, well, we reached the quota. Uh, <laughs> we gotta we gotta put these guys away for a while. But like, what does it hurt to have Hawkman in this picture? I know, yeah, right. Uh, unless it's just I don't I don't know. Unless it's just let's not put anything in here that we don't have a plan for. Well, but there's no Legionnaires in this, and there's a Legion ring in the book. Yeah, I don't know. Well, also like, uh, are either Doctor No Doctor Fates are in this picture? That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're probably um, JSA fodder, maybe. Possibly, yeah. So, and you know, there's none of that in here. So maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah, I could buy that. Um, you know. I think I've made my feelings for the book pretty clear. I think there's a lot of good in it. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good ideas. I think it's a pretty poor comic book, and I think that the Watchmen stuff is is, I'm not in favor of that. I understand why, some people might be. I'm not, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I see the the, after talking about it, the skeeviness of it is a little bit more apparent to me. Um, from like a story aspect, I'm still just kind of like you have this like morbid curiosity of what's going to happen. I mean, we we always say we want comics to take big risks, right? This is the yeah. biggest risk they can take. Huge, huge risk. Um, yeah. And so you know, I, I, I'm definitely not against it. I don't know if I can like fully say I'm for it. <laughs> okay. But I lean. I think I lean more in that direction. Okay, let's talk about sort of the overall purpose of this, though. The purpose of this book was to gear us up for Rebirth and to give us sort of a guidepost as to what Rebirth was going to be. 
with that said, spoilers started coming out for this last Friday, but let's let's go back a week from now, okay? Are you more or less excited about Rebirth than you were a week ago, pre-knowing anything that happens in this book? Oh, man. Then... Am I more or less excited than I was before I knew anything about what was in this book? Yes. Um, so our discussion from like now until the end of the episode, every, everything I say, just just mentally add the caveat that like I understand that I have no reason to trust DC moving forward. Okay. You know? Okay. Like, I just hope everybody realizes that there is, even though I'm very excited, there is that conflict in me that knows that DC's not necessarily always in the best of hands. You know, I'm more excited now because of things like Jackson Hyde and uh, and uh, Ryan Choi. You know, and um, and and all this legacy. You know, I mean, they talk about legacy, and we knew we knew Wally West was coming. You know, at least I. You know, I guessed that months ago and, but, you know, just seeing them stack it over and over again in this issue, this promise of legacy and this promise of youth and diversity, I'm more excited now than I was then, but, but that Watchmen thing, that is really, I guess I'm not, I'm not against it either, but I'm not, I is it possible to be very excited for DC Rebirth, but anything to do with Watchmen going forward, I'm just interested in how big of a train wreck it could possibly be? <laughs> like, is that is that No, conflict? that's valid. Okay. I think I'm right there with you, actually. Yeah. Because I think, like, coming into this, I was probably the least excited. Um. And I think my excitement has like only gone up. It's gone up marginally just with like the Legion, JSA, and Blue Beetle teases. Not Blue Beetle, sorry, Adam. Uh, Adam. Adam. But my interest has gone up a lot. I'm really interested in seeing how this plays out. Whereas before, I, you know, was neither very excited or interested. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, like. Like I'm excited for all that first stuff I was talking about, and then like the Watchmen thing, I'm I'm morbidly curious. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just do this because you're gonna do it anyway, and let's do it up and make it ridiculous. And I might fucking hate it, you know, <laughs> but like I'm gonna hate it so good. Here's my thing. I think I just put into words how I feel about the Watchmen thing. So I think that if Watchmen versus the DC Universe, I, I hate calling them Watchmen, but their team name isn't Watchmen. The book name is Watchmen. Anyway, if, if we're getting Dr. Manhattan versus Justice League, whatever it is, if that's a one-time book, I can be on board with that. Mm-hmm. If it's the backbone of all the comics for two years, <laughs> I'm just be like walking around vomiting everywhere I go. This is going <laughs> to make me sick to my stomach. I don't like that idea. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I, I guess I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that thrilled. I'm, I'm already not that thrilled to see it happen. Um, 
but I guess I guess yeah, if it were one story where they went, I mean, I would at least it might be a train wreck, but I would at least applaud the audacity that it would take for Jeff Johns to set this in motion and say, you know, whether he's right or wrong, like I'm taking on the idea of Watchmen because it's got no business with these heroes, you know? Right. And I get that. I I wouldn't necessarily support that thesis 100%, but I I would applaud the, the insanity and the audacity of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so where do we go from here, boy? Well, I was just one thing I wanted to think of before we before we uh, hop off here is what, um, like if this is true, this feels like it's the last desperate gasp of something, and it could work out, you know. But it could also totally blow up in everyone's faces. What, like, what, where do they go from here? Like, is this going to succeed? And if it doesn't, how do you restart again after this? That's a good question. Like, even if, like, let's say they replace everybody in editorial that was involved in in this, you know, and and they just cleaned house. And let's say they brought in Dan Slott, John Hickman, etc. Yeah, there you go. Okay, whatever. Like, what do they do? Okay, start entirely fresh. Here, here is my my answer, and I'm really interested to hear what Zach has to say about this. But my answer is that what this did was this reset every character to their best version. So you do nothing. You just keep telling stories in this vein. And you and you forget that that Dr. Manhattan was ever involved. Uh, if, if, if you're a new editorial staff. Yeah, well, yeah. So I feel like we're... I really don't think that stuff is going to show up that much. I think we'll get like little hints about it here and there sprinkled around. Nothing huge. I think sometime about a year in, you know, maybe around like free comic book day, we might get something kind of hinting at a big event that's going to come up. And then around the two year mark, we'll have a big storyline that just kind of goes all in and we'll sell a lot of copies and really overall won't affect much of anything. And then I think, you know, like, best case scenario, they do just kind of go on telling stories with the best versions of these characters. That's, I think, to me, that's, like, the best case scenario. Yeah. And and start advancing those young characters a little bit more, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. like, if, they, if they're picking up Legacy kind of where they left off in 2011, they need to make it count, you know? Like, yeah. They need to keep pushing that. They don't. They don't have to make them grow up anytime soon, but, but you know, feature them. Yeah. Get them involved. Because I mean, like, really, I think like I know everybody's talking about that the big thing, but I think what's like really important here is the fact that like what we already knew rebirth was going 
to be doing was you know taking these characters and these stories back to something a bit more like fun and recognizable and the watchman thing is just like the MacGuffin to make that happen yeah um, if that's the case i'm fine with it but to, again i just feel like not to turn this into a pro wrestling conversation but like there's a lot of discussion always with pro wrestling where like there's a difference between who the fans cheer for versus who the company wants the fans to cheer for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a course correction sometimes because the company thinks so-and-so is going to be a huge star and they just fall flat on their face. And they have to correct that because if you're at a live show, they'll be booing and screaming and throwing shit. I feel like that consequence isn't really here. So if a plan doesn't work, do you really have to change courses? So what... What scenario do you like predict where this plan doesn't work? Do you think, do you mean like with the Watchmen characters or like with the rebirth itself, like with the DC characters? Just sales. You oh, know? Okay. So just like, so just in general. If they end up in the, the toilet again. Perform well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in that case, they just like bump up whatever, you know, timetable they have for getting Watchmen stuff out there because. Oh. You know that's gonna get that's gonna move books, and so then that buys you know like Didio and company a little more time, and then what? Time. Yeah, you know? and then then yeah, um, I mean I said I think I said when we talked about rebirth last time that like if this doesn't this already to me kind of felt like a last ditch attempt. Mm-hmm. Now that the Watchmen stuff's involved, that's even like more of the case. Yeah. Uh, to me, the Watchmen thing is the only bit of this that I I don't believe came from Johns. Yeah. And similarly, I feel like this is their excuse to buy more time. If in six months things are falling apart, you're gonna hear a uh, a very distinct New York accent. <laughs> Saying something along the lines of, but just gotta wait till after the Watchmen thing. That's gonna be a, that's where we're really going here. And then they're gonna do that, and it's gonna be a big hit, and that's gonna buy them another six months or another year. And then there's gonna be something else. I, I feel like there's just, they promise all these great things. I mean, do you guys remember how excited we were when that Trinity War preview came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like getting flashbacks to that, you know, right now. Yeah. Uh... And I mean, I don't know, part of me, I don't know, is it naive to think like, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like a lot of John's big stories have stemmed from Alan Moore stories, you know, like Blackest Night and Sinestro Corps War, all of that, you know, kind of grew out of, uh, what was it, Tigers? Is that the... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for, you know, I, I know it's maybe not with time. I mean, the run is still really well regarded. I think, you know, there was a time when it was just like very, very well regarded. It was the like number one thing, you know, around the time of like Sinestro Corps leading up to Blackest Night. But like, that was a really special time. And like Johns did something really special with Green Lantern and like building that mythology. And, you know, I would hope that, he could take this like opportunity and do something really cool with it. Um, 
I don't know, do you guys like think that is possible or do you think this is kind of just like too, I mean, there's a huge difference between I'd like one shot Green Lantern story and, and Watchmen. Yeah, I'm I'm just worried that he's not going to be back to get that chance, you know. I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're they're gonna say, you know, we need Watchmen now, and we can't wait around for Jeff, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I'm projecting a lot, but I, well, ju- I think that, I mean that's all we can do right now, really. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. We're saying about waiting around for Jeff. He's not. Yeah, let's just yeah. Pre- let's pretend there, there, there's there's three scenarios here. The first one is that he comes in as sort of a fixer, and then after they're back on track, he walks away. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Scenario number two is he goes in and he fucks up, and then I don't think he's writing for DC anymore either because he's fired, because he's he's out of the picture. Uh, or he goes in and he's super successful. Wait, after- that's how you get fired at DC? Um, no, uh, no. You understand what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, I know that was a joke. Uh, and then the third scenario is he does great, and then he's running Warner Brothers in five years. Right. So you're talking about on the movie side right now. Yeah, because he's okay, he's, okay. he's coming. You know, he's going to be the Mr. Movie. Right. Right. And I don't see them to to Warner Brothers. The movies are the important part. Uh-huh, and so with with him overseeing the movies and the TV shows, if he does well with that, I really think you're going to see him. Maybe the jump goes the, that he replaces Diane Nelson as president of DC Entertainment, and then maybe he can structure himself however he likes. Yeah, I think but he, I, I think he'd rather do the Hollywood thing. Yeah, but I was going to say, and I also think just you know Warner Brothers is is hurting right now if they can if they can have somebody on their side who can do good movies like that i think they're going to they're going to push him towards that mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a I, I don't know if waiting for jeff johns means waiting 10 or 15 years right i mean that's kind of my point like they're going to have to move this forward without him one way or yeah. another i guess yeah i mean i i think when i think of his involvement I just imagine that there is like some resolution to this coming and, you know, somewhere around this like two year mark that they are projecting where he might come in and do like a six issue miniseries or something, you know. Oh, I could definitely um, see that, especially if it's something where he can be writing it over the next two years. And right. that's why I'm hoping that it's not something that's gonna be woven throughout the books for two years that well, he yeah. has he has two years to build the story but it's not constantly ongoing where he has to be changing things and working through things no yeah i think like at least over this first year we might get like hints and teases here and there you know how like you know goofy stuff like pandora would show up in a book all right final thoughts on dc universe rebirth number one zach um i i liked most of it it definitely had problems, but it sometimes I, you know, I kind of felt like it was written for me. You know, it hit like a lot of the buttons and points that I've been missing in the new 52. And if this was like the last DC comic I ever read, I think I'd feel pretty okay about it. And yeah. I, I guess that, that sounds bad, but I meant it in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you made a good point earlier about how this is giving... I mean, it looks like it's the start of something for a lot of people, but really, 
a lot of this stuff could work just as well as a happy ending, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as relationships and legacy is concerned. Um, I guess my final thought would be that as a story, I don't think it works very well. As a comic, it, it exists more as a preview or like a second uh, DC Re- Rebirth preview guide, you know, like we already had mm-hmm. a, a month ago or whatever. Um, it, it's, <laughs> you know, uh, throw out the Watchmen stuff because that's a total wild card. It For me, the reason why this succeeded and, and why I'll go back to it and why I'm still excited about Rebirth despite all of the the problems with it that we've discussed is just how it feels you know i i haven't felt like that reading a dc book even the good ones you know even the even the stuff out of the new 52 that was good never had this this you know classic uh for me like mid 2000s dc feel as far as like family and legacy and hope was concerned Everybody smiling, everybody buddies, you know, like the the new fifty two was more than anything else, more than any of the changes they made to any of the characters, was mired in this like overarching feel of distrust. Not only between like heroes and humans or heroes and the government or whatever, but amongst one another, you know, like did we ever have a like how how what percentage of the Justice League books actually felt like the heroes were together because they wanted to help one another, you know, and, and be active crime fighters, you know, or did it all feel like necessity and like marriages of convenience? Like to me, Batman and Superman never really felt like friends until super league, right? The the last Tomasi arc, you know, and, and in one issue that's not even structured all that well, that all came flooding back to me, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm worried about the hands that it's going to end up in going forward. But, but that promise alone is enough to sustain me <laughs> for a little bit. And I, and I appreciate rebirth for that, if nothing else. And Brian. I guess for me, it's, um, you know, I, so I got a review copy of this in the mail from DC on Monday, and I immediately told my wife, watch the kids, I'm going downstairs to read this comic. And I went downstairs to read the comic, and when the Wally stuff, when Barry pulled him out of the Speed Force and they hugged, I was so excited. And then I turned the page and I saw the Dr. Manhattan, I mean the comedian thing and the Dr. Manhattan thing, and it was like someone took a shit in my cereal. It was it was a real I really did not like that at all. And ever since then it's been me trying to come to terms with those two parts coexisting. And I think where I'm coming down is I would much rather focus on the good things and the bad things of the line that's coming up. I still think that the book is really problematic. But I think that almost everything happening that can spin out of this is going to be really good. Or I'm hoping it's really good. I'm still excited for Rebirth. I'm just a little bit concerned about the Watchmen stuff. 
And I guess that's what we're going to wrap up for now. Yeah. So if folks want to harass us on Twitter about our opinions about Rebirth, where can they find us? They can find me at Brian Needs a Nap. They can find me at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I. And I'm at SirFox89. And we will be back next week with a discussion of all the Rebirth titles from next week. We're going to be doing this every week going forward. Oh. And, uh, yeah. It's uh, on. Are we going to be going into, like, numbers one and two and things like that, or just the Rebirth specials? I'm Hey, hey I'm cool to ride this out as long as you guys want to. Let's see how the first few weeks go. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right, folks. Talk to you soon. Bye.